welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 198, two away from episode 200. Very exciting, very exciting. Today is Monday, March 20th, 2023. Cannot believe that we're on the tail end of March already. I feel like I just said, hey, it's March 1st. Um, but that's how it goes. This, this year's just flying by. So if you're listening on Spotify and you're not following us yet, go ahead and, uh, give us a follow. That'll really help us out. Illumination is saying rate us five stars on Spotify. I don't even, can you do that? I have my Spotify open right here and I'm, I want to get down to, I want to get down to the bottom of this. You can on mobile. Okay. There you go. Rate us. If you're listening on spotify on mobile see now i want to open my mobile app i'm going to refrain so we can keep going but anyways yeah rate us five stars that'll really we really appreciate that you guys um things are happening in the podcast arena right now mariah was giving me some stats last week and my mind was blown dare i say so uh, a lot of really cool stuff even though we're shadow banned on youtube god is still uh full steam ahead in different avenues or rumble is kind of blown up. That's amazing. What's up rumble. Um, YouTube, YouTube just has great metrics to be able to gauge like what types of demographics are engaging. And that's why I think we really like it, but we're still going to keep using YouTube and everything else until they, they, they ban us for some reason. And then we'll just start a new one. Um, also on Wednesday, which is March 22nd, is episode 200 and Andrea Hobart is going to be subbing for me and she's going to be interviewing me. So if you navigate over to our Instagram, our YouTube or our Facebook. So on the YouTube, it's in the community tab. You'll see episode 200. Um, just comment in those if on Instagram, YouTube or Facebook. Um, and you can, you can write a comment. You can ask me anything in the comment on that post. And uh, we might get to it. You can ask me a serious question. You can ask me a funny question. Uh, Andrea is going to have her own questions. Uh, Illumination has written up some. I think my wife, <laughs> Lauren, even <laughs> is you know, throwing some questions in there too, uh, just for fun. So um, yeah, it's going to be a great, great episode. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and it was a great idea from Illumination. So give her all the credit. What up, Nash? Way to go. Great idea. All right. Um, this guest today is a really good friend of mine. And I uh, realized it had been like so long since I'd had her on. And I was like, I was feeling like, man, something, my, my life doesn't feel quite, my routine doesn't quite feel right. And I was like, it's because Krista hasn't been on in a while. So uh, for those who don't know who she is, she's a prophet. She's a, a really gifted teacher. Uh, absolute spitfire in the spirit. She's the founder of Arise Kingdom Ministries. Let's give it up for my friend and guest today, Krista Elisha. Hey, hey what's up? <laughs> I'm just excited to hang out with my friend today. I know. It's been, Jeffrey. It's been so long. It's, I think, you know, because we go back, there's a couple of people that are like, OG. Elijah Fireers, and mm -hmm. you're one of them, but we're also just good friends. So it's super easy to just like jump right in, you know? I know. So. It's like, it kind of feels like when we do this, 
it would be what we were already sort of talking about if well, we were just hanging out. And that's honestly what it is. Like whenever we've hung out, we talk for like forever. Harry falls, <laughs> Lauren and you falls and I are, yeah, Aries falling asleep in the back of my car and like, you know, we're just talking forever. So yes. we kind of like peel ourselves away from each other, which is great. That's I like, know. you know, so Lauren and, and you and myself were like, okay, we should go. And then we like talked for like another hour and we're like, okay, we should go. And then we talked for another hour. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I need to come back out to Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know I, yeah. I should also head your way too. Cause my oh sister, my, my sister lives over there now. I'm a sister and brother-in-law and my nieces. So really? Yeah. They live in, Col did I tell you that they live in, they live in Columbus. No, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh my goodness. Word. That's only like an hour and a half. Same time here. zone. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Dude, you don't even know. I will buy your tickets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming out. We're doing, we're doing okay, a live okay, for the rest of the week, stuff, uh, you know, in from Ohio. Yeah. Yes. So. No, seriously. Cause I think we're going to have a tent, uh, a tent event there. So, in Columbus? In Columbus. Or, wow. Yeah. Okay. So this, the word that I was actually going to talk about today, it kind of all ties into what God's been showing all of us here at Arise Kingdom Ministries mm -hmm. um, and what we feel like God is is doing in the body of Christ. But we're actually taking it and being like, yeah, let's do this thing. We, Me, um, Vinny, you know, Vinny, my worship pastor, and then mm -hmm. uh, Philip Redeemed. Uh, formerly known as Rylan Redeemed, um, he got the the same. They didn't have visions like this, but the occu occupy word and getting visions for our state specifically and like what God wants to do here. Um, so maybe when we do that, that's when you could come and you could bring maybe. your family. That would be amazing. Maybe I'll bring Lauren myself. And then our cat Lulu, who will hate every second. Yeah, we like cats. Maybe I mean, I love cat. cats too, but she's she uh, she would hate. <laughs> she, would she would think she was like perpetually in a state of having to go to the vet because she anytime <laughs> I move her anywhere, she's going to the vet. So, yeah, or cat cats are so like temper temperamental. Like they're yeah. awesome because they're so low maintenance. Yeah, but then they're also just kind of jerks. Yeah, my cat, she's, I mean, she's sassy, but she's also really sweet. So it's not. Yeah, you know. she's, is she a cuddler? I view, I, she, I picture her as a cuddler. Yeah, she's a big time cuddler. Yeah. yeah. So maybe when home. we, when we move on the farm, I'll get, I'll finally be able to get a cat. Yeah, I like dogs and cats. Uh, I, but cats, I always default to because they are so low maintenance. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. That's what I did forever until I became a boy mom and boys, at least most of the time they want dogs, but yeah, dog. Yeah. Dogs are great though. So, yeah. all right. So let's jump into today's word. Um, and then we'll just do what we do. So obviously we, we titled operation occupy. Um, you got this January 22nd, or at least I don't know if that's what, when we published it or when you got this word, but anyways, back in yeah. January. Yeah. January. It was actually, um, interesting so i had actually gone to panama the lord told me to go there um and with some great friends of mine and as i was on my way home um i ended up 
going into this this vision uh and it was kind of weird because it sort of reminded me of like a movie or like transformers <laughs> um but God gave me this whole wor word with it and just began to like spotlight what he, the, the, the new technology in the body of Christ that he is calling in this hour to rise up in power, to um, be a force against the demonic powers that are trying to destroy the things that God loves. Mm. So it was actually on January 22nd. So the, I think that's the day after Roe v. Wade day. Um, but I'm just going to pray real quick. Is that okay? God no. has really just been convicting totally. me here lately that, you know, for me personally, like we need to be people that like pray and talk to God more than we talk to people. Mm. And I'm a, I'm a talker. So um, I just want to talk to God first. Yeah, no, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So Father, we just love you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. God, I just thank you so much that you're my best friend and that you're my best friend and you actually live inside my other friends. <laughs> and so as we're hanging out today and we're talking about the things that are on your heart and we're um, just opening up your word and your plans for for our generation god that you would just be so near to each one of us like our awareness would be so tuned into the fact that you are the one you're the prize you are everything you're the love of our life and um God, I pray that the needs of everybody that will hear this broadcast that they that you would meet them um God I just I really feel like uh, I sense that there are people and they're going to feel not only empowered, but they're going to feel like they have a purpose again. Um, I feel like God is going to break church hurt off mm -hmm. of people who might feel like they didn't fit or that they had been rejected by the church or by the by um, the religious structure. And I also really just feel that there are people that are going to be listening that just need to encounter God as a comforter. And um, so Holy Spirit, I just ask you to wrap your arms around those individuals right now that they would feel your tangible presence uh, during this entire broadcast, God. And um, that you would just speak to them too, that, that each person under the sound of my voice, that they would have visions in their mind as we're talking, that you would give them scripture, that um, you would reveal secret things and mysteries to them by your spirit, um, and that they would even encounter angels, God, um, as, as we just dialogue with you and for your glory today. In Jesus' name. Mm. Whew. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So, so this vision that I had, it was kind of crazy. So I think God just, he knows that I'm a, I'm an artist. He knows that I'm a creative person and that I'm very, I'm just very visual in general. Mm -hmm. But, um, this vision, it was kind of weird because, um, as I was watching it, I saw at first I was like in the ocean, like the depths of the ocean. And then there was this huge earthquake and I saw these 
like monsters come out of this like gate underneath the ocean. Um, and they began to like come on land and they were sieging or shaking different regions. And, um, it was sort of startling to me. And I knew that there was going to be multiple earthquakes that were going to cause lots of death and devastation. And that was actually before the earthquakes happened in Turkey. Right. Um, So when the earthquakes in Turkey happened uh, and I had had this word, I mean, like the fear of the Lord came on me. I was like, oh my gosh. And I knew that it was a sign that God was about to release his thunders, like his, his shakings. And, um, cause everything the enemy does is just a counterfeit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, then the spirit of God takes me and I'm looking over the earth and I begin to see, like, it looked like, like giants. Um, and when I would be taken down to like, see what exactly they were, they weren't, they weren't giants. They were actually like war machines and they looked a lot like transformers, like the big, you know, robotic suits Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I saw all these different, um, people like working to try to ready these, these machines. And, um, they were in different countries all over the world. Um, it's interesting. I saw seven gates of hell or of the underworld open up. And then I saw that there were going to be um, seven regions around the world where God was going to establish um, mighty apostolic companies. And so I believe that the the war machines that I saw, they were fivefold ministries um, because they had five moving parts. And I, I recognize that as the apostle, the evangelist, the pastor or the shepherd and, um, and the teacher mm-hmm. um, and then the prophet. But what was interesting is that the, the head that um, the machinists and engineers were putting on these machines that would like actually start them (laughs) was it looked like a roman helmet but it was actually christ as the head Hmm. and so i would see the this christ being put on as the head and the different members of the body and it was funny the apostle was actually in the chest interesting and um i felt like the lord said that because the apostle is what holds all the other members together it touches all the other parts of the body typically when people do the thumb this the apostle and he can touch all the other yeah exactly and he's also the littlest one um because really like the the apostles are the covering like you know they're supposed to be but really they're the servant to all right and so they hold all of the the working parts together as equippers um and and they place all of the different members of the fivefold and of just the body of Christ, they place them in movements Hmm. um, so that they can serve and, um, and literally make earth look like heaven. And I'm going to get into that 
a little bit later, but about what true apostolic ministry is and and what it's supposed to look like and how it's supposed to function. Because I really feel like it's gotten toxic, like because of religious abuse, um, (laughs) because of religious abuse and toxic leadership, Mm -hmm. um, some of these terms have become very uncomfortable Almost, um, cur- almost like curse words, kind of, you know, almost. it's like you don't, you know, oh, you just said the word, you know. Right. And, you know, and there has to be like, the thing with that is in the body of Christ, we're supposed to submit one to another. Mm-hmm. And when there's been abuse, it makes the people who have been through abuse want to rebel against all authority. Mm-hmm. But the Bible is really clear that. God puts people in authority and when his, like when it's the right people that have his heart, then they carry his government and his, and that is, and it becomes a blessing for everyone underneath it. And so it's not that, so, so on one side, you know, these people who are called to be leaders, they need to have the character of Jesus and they need to be like myself personally. I am constantly learning about what is healthy and what is unhealthy, not only within my own life and and my own family, but I just recently did a huge, like went kind of obsessive on learning what toxic leadership looks like. Because if I'm called to be a leader, I don't want to be toxic to the people around me. I want them to all have a voice. I want it to be healthy community Mm -hmm. and I want them to be empowered and also feel safe to come and, and speak to me. You know, I, I want them to know that we're, we're all building together, you know? And so that's, that's one side of it. But then the other side of it is that, you know, people who have, have been through abuse of authority, need to repent as well uh, for any place that they have rebelled against Mm -hmm. godly authority and godly leadership Um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, rebellion is like witchcraft, you know? Mm -hmm. So there is, there is a balance and there needs to be health restored to the body of Christ in all of this. Um, And it's not, it's not, True authority does not lord over. Right. It, it covers and it comes under to support. It covers for protection and it comes under to propel people into where they're actually called to be. Right. Yeah. That's how I look at it anyway. No, that's- I think I think that's right. I think anybody who's worked with anyone in you, you really feel like wow, like they're, they're, they are covering, you do feel like there's kind of, the, it's almost like this, they function a lot of times too, as like a safety net or as a guide. Um, but then they also empower you to grab a hold of things and go f- charge forth. So right. yeah, they're, yeah, they're champion. Like, to champion you. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it, it got, for me, it all goes back to like, what does it look like to be a good mom? You know, mm-hmm. like, as a good, what I believe a good mother looks like is somebody who, or is a mother who looks at uh, their children and it understands their children, 
desires to protect them, but also allow them space to make mistakes, right? Mm. Doesn't force them to conform to her image or to her desires, (laughs) right? Like I'm not trying to get my daughter to um, become the next CEO of my nonprofit. I'm looking at my daughter, like what has God created you to do? What is your lane of Mm -hmm. ministry? What are the, the things that stir your heart? What are your dreams, honey? I want to know what your dreams are. And as a mother, how can I protect how can I inspire? How can I encourage you and like and 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 propel you and offer support to get you to that place that God has called you to be or that to be that person or to walk in that thing, right? And so there's training and and there there's discipline involved in that. But it's not a lording over. That's what toxic parents do. Toxic parents, they they rule with fear, intimidation, manipulation, mm-hmm. with control. They're, um, it, it's not about building up more. It's about tearing down to get people to walk in your vision to fulfill. You know, it becomes very self-centered. Um, and, you know, there are parents like that. Um, you know, and, and I just that, so I'm learning how to be an apostolic prophet, um, by looking at the people around me as they are spiritual sons and daughters that God has brought into my life or alongside of me for us to, you know, like Philip, for example, that guy, me and him have been through some yuck together, you know? And, but because we have been through yuck together, like when it comes to certain things, like when it comes to the tent ministry, like I trust him. I don't have to ask him a million questions. I don't tell him what to do. Like, even if it is an event that is like AK ministries or whatever, like I trust him. And then I also, because I trust him when he's doing something um, when he's the leader of a certain project that we have, I totally am willing to come under his will, his leadership. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. I know that that is, that is a safe covering for me. He's going to fight for me. He's going to, you know, make decisions that he's constantly thinking about me and, and my well-being, Right. And so I can trust to come into submission to his leadership and vice versa, because we've been through so much stuff together. Um, and th- it's the same way with Vinny. Um, you know, I trust him. We have, we've been through stuff together. And so his opinion matters to me. And when it comes to the um, worship branch of our ministry, like I totally trust him because I, I've seen his character over time. And I know that, he wants to protect when it's covering it's, I want to protect and I want to bless the whole, not, I want to Lord over and control. Yeah. And also, do you feel like a lot of that too is it is trust. It is, you know, that is important. Uh, But then do you also feel like it is, 
I, a healthy respect of one another's anointings as well and your uh, areas of of expertise you know the areas that God has anointed them to operate in yeah it is um it is in a in a large part um you know it's interesting though because i i guess i'm so relational like god has taught me you know that the greatest gifts in my life are the relationships that i have you know heaven's tre- treasure is always going to be people and if you are loving god and you're loving people well then i don't know i guess in ministry to me like i don't necessarily like look at anointings i look at people that are gifts that are walking in the gift of god um as a gift of god so especially when it comes to fivefold um the fivefold ministry offices they scripture says that they are the gift to the body of Christ so as a fivefold leader we're constantly looking for ways that we can actually serve and be a gift hmm. not not just to each other but to the body of Christ as a whole like yeah. How can we bless the body of Christ and be a gift to you? And and I think that um, because the Western church has really like shifted into more of a um, business model (laughs) and they got away from the early Mm -hmm. church family model uh, that we lost There's a lot to say about that. Yeah. There's a lot to say about that. So we, we lost that. Right. But that's, that's the context in which all of these scriptures were wrote and that the family relational aspect is the context in which it was all supposed to be walked out. And so in order for us to really see what healthy fivefold ministry looks like, we we have to see it in the context of family and in the context of, you know, these individuals that God has given us are gifts. Hmm. And we we are called to bless each other and be a benefit to all, not just to ourselves. And that is also in in scripture. Paul says that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so our our gifts are to benefit all. And you know, the CEO uh, model of ministry has made it more about the people serving like the founder or the face of the ministry's vision more than it's been about serving Christ's mission. Yeah. Well, I think that's like, it definitely does feel church wide. And when I say that I'm more referring to the Western church, obviously, because we can speak a lot more to that. Uh, But um, I do feel like that is like a, a a Western church wide issue. And, and we've also taken the people that are the most marketable of those fivefold, which is the pastors and the teachers. And then like, yeah, that's, those are, those are our guys. And the evangelists, I guess you can kind of stick around for now. You know, and then the the apostles and the 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 prophets have have definitely gotten the shaft. You know, um, 
but even the evangelist has been on thin ice, you know, uh, within definitely within certain circles, because it's like, we, it's this effort to try and make everything more comfortable. We try to make everything more comfortable for ourselves. And, you know, the, of those three that are left, the, the evangelist is definitely the one that's making people uncomfortable. Uh, Cause it just by their very existence and them operating within that gifting, it's like in within that office is, uh, it's going to bring offense. It's going to make people uncomfortable because it disrupts our desire to want things cozy, and peaceful, and all these things. Because all of a sudden, you see if you're around an evangelist and you see them just do something like di- completely disrupt your plans, they just oh, go completely yeah. sideways. It happens, you know. So, yeah, yeah. It, but it is that again. It's I think it's in that desire, that human desire that we have to try and make things make sense. And so we go, okay, well, we can we can market the teachers and the pastors. And maybe it was rooted in a place of like wanting to bring people into the church, wanting to become more appealing, but honestly, if like cut off some of their fingers on their hand as a result, you know, so I think you get what I'm saying. I do. And it's, it's super sad. Um, you know, and, and this is, this is what happens when the church goes from being a, you know, I guess really like being a seeker, seeker sensitive, right? Like seeking his presence and being sensitive to seek his face um, into a horizontal seeker sensitive hmm. model, right? Yep. Um, you know, that's not the priestly protocol. The priestly protocol is to seek him first and then minister to the people. And uh, otherwise we don't have anything to give. Um, And God, you know, the Bible says, if Christ be lifted up, then all flesh will come to him, you know? And so if we're lifting Jesus up, yeah, I mean, it will be uncomfortable. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. I don't know. For me, like the evangelist, for example, like we've got this one little girl. She is so cute. She just got lit on fire for Jesus. She's 19 years old and um, she's been running around with us for the past couple months And, uh, she stands up like when she, when we're out to dinner at a restaurant, this girl wants to pray for our food when we get our food. Oh, Vinny, Vinny made mention of this last week. Yeah. And she don't just, you know, say a little prayer and bless food. This chick gets up and like puts her hands out and she begins to pray in the Holy ghost over the whole restaurant and preaches the gospel (laughs) and says, Lord, that you would bless these people and they would feel the fire of your presence and Jesus, that they would know that you have everything that they need. I mean, and this girl, like, I mean, that's what she, and and it, you can feel, you can feel the whole, right. Because I'm a discerner too. You feel the whole restaurant get uncomfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. But she's being a witness. And so like, yeah, man, I don't know. Like the spirit, it does. The spirit of God will begin to confront things in you that are your flesh. And I think, you know, our flesh wants to stay comfortable. Yeah. And so if it's uncomfortable, then 
you know, and it's, it has to do with God inviting you into something or his spirit moving, then we just need to allow that part of ourselves to yeah. get crucified again, Amen. you know? Amen. But the thing is, is like, we, we have to have all of it, all of the fivefold or else it is out of order and it's not balanced, hmm. you know, like, um, let's say it this way. Like if, if we have a church, um, that, you know, or a community, which is really what I like to call it, um, an ecclesia, which is, that's another thing that God is talking to me about. Like, we've got to get out of this. Um, we have to know that we're legislators okay. on the earth. Like we are called to be God's government. So whatever decisions that we make, um, we, we need to be delegating and, and making decisions in the spirit that either allow or disallow certain things to be released in our spheres of influence. And we do that through intercession and prayer and decrees and also through action, meaning that you get, you appoint the right people to be engaging in the affairs in your community, in your sphere that brings solution, God ordained solutions to certain things. For example, you know, uh, so you have a abortion clinic on one street, right? Or Miami University, the city that I'm in right now, they're talking, they're, they're trying to get abortion pill vending machines put in on campus. So what is not our, today, Satan, not today, Satan. <laughs> yes. Not on my watch. So in our, in our sphere as an ecclesia, ecclesia, whatever you want to call it, we are called out government officials, you know, that are called to make, uh, bring heaven's, heaven's morality to earth. And so we have Shalom Women's Center where women can come and take free pregnancy tests. We have, um, ministry or we're connecting with other ministries in town to support them or to refer people, uh, women to them so that they can have support. Um, we have numbers posted for the abortion pill reversal, um, on different sites and throughout town. Um, we support single mothers. We've got a, you know, diapers for a year program. We're having, uh, baby showers for unexpected at-risk mothers who are deciding to carry. So that's one way. So we prayer, we legislate in the heavens, and then we legislate on earth. But if, if you don't, um, if you don't have all five working together, it gets kind of wonky, right? you know? So like, if you only have an evangelist who is leading a church, then what you're going to have is a bunch of wild people that know how to get people to come off the streets and they might have God encounters. Um, but if there's not a teacher present, then those people coming in off the streets um, are really going to struggle walking out, <laughs> you know, yeah, they need discipleship. Yeah. They need discipleship, yeah. you know, and then there's also like, if you, if you have a, a church, and this is what I experienced in my early walk with the Lord. We had um, an apostle 
and several apostles that were the pastor. They were filling the pastoral role. And it was really hard because they would come in, they would start a bunch of movements, they would get a bunch of stuff going, they would put people in these different areas of ministry. And then all of a sudden, they're gone. They've got to go someplace and they got to plant another church. You know, they're being called out somewhere and you're left there like, oh my gosh, like everything that that person just built and established gets like tore down mm -hmm. if they don't put a pastor in that role. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's like there are, there are real consequences to when the fivefold ministry is not balanced within an organization within a church and or a community of believers. Yeah. And so it's really important that, you know, the church understands like moving forward, like leaders moving forward, guys, if you are a leader on here, you need to know, you need to ask the Lord, what, what fivefold office am I called to function in? You know, ask the Lord, cause it's a calling from the Lord. The Lord will call you. And, um, I mean, for me personally, I believe if, if, if Ephesians four says that the, um, the job of the fivefold ministry offices is to train and equip the body of Christ for their own personal works of ministry, right? Until we are built up into the fullness of Christ, meaning that the kingdom is here. Okay. Like we're mature sons and daughters that have been made manifest to all creation. Um, our job is to train and equip. So you'll recognize a fivefold gift, like ministry office working in somebody's life by, are they training and equipping other believers to do their work of ministry? So, okay, so that's like a true, so what you're saying is a true, someone who's truly operating within one of the fivefold gifts is going to facilitate an environment where those other gifts that they are lacking in are going to pop up. It, so let me, let me word it a little bit different. Okay. So a true fivefold ministry office holder will reproduce after their own kind. Okay, so apostles, more apostolic types, evangelists, more evangelists, right? That's the saying. apostle is an interesting one because well, they kind of do like they do all uh, of it. Yeah. And so, and that has been my experience too. When God called me as an apostle years ago, I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. You know, I would have totally like ran away if I had known what the calling was going to be, you know, we're like despised among men and all this stuff, you know, <laughs> who is it? Charlie, I think it's Charlie Champ says that, um, you know, if the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, then that means that we're like the subfloor ab above the foundation, which is Christ. And that means that everybody walks on us. We get walked all over. <laughs> so, um, and that's, that is the thing the coming up underneath to be a supportive role for other people to walk out their destiny. Right, because we're trainers, we're equippers. Yeah, well, and to to your the credit of if that was Charlie Champ or not, and what you're kind of emphasizing, we do see if you can look over the course of the entirety of the Bible, how a, a, a 
prophets and then especially when we enter into the new testament apostles it is true like what krista just said it is true that you do get walked over and the prophets got killed in the the old testament you know it's just yeah yeah so so to me i know whether somebody is um you know truly because uh, it's a grace on your life too meaning like you just you just are who you are. So if you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you are living, you know, a kingdom lifestyle, you're pursuing the kingdom, then what's going to happen is like these things are just going to naturally flow from you. They're not things that you necessarily get trained <laughs> in. And so that was kind of my process. Like I started out um honestly teaching. Um and really interestingly, um, and I didn't realize what I was doing, but when I was in, you know, a secular recovery program, I was actually teaching people how to stay clean. I was a cosmetology teacher for years. So I was, I actually operated in the role of a teacher first. Then I went into a shepherding role and that was where I was actually discipling people one-on-one -on -one in that 12 step process. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, actually hosted a recovery meeting group and I had to take care of that community that would meet every week. And then I started doing Bible studies and things like that. Then I moved into the office of an evangelist. I got filled with the Holy spirit, started walking in, in power and um, everywhere I went, I was on the corner prophesying over somebody. I was praying for somebody with crutches. Um, I probably had the lady that had the cast on or the boot on her foot at, uh, you know, the grocery store. After the fourth time I ran into her there and prayed for her and nothing happened, she she would like run away when she saw me the next time. So we're ladies going to pray yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah. So, but I went through that phase and then I went through the phase of being recognized as a prophet, you know, and I moved out of that evangelism mode. And now I feel like I'm, I'm moving into more of the apostolic role where I'm beginning to plant. I'm equipping on a greater level through my mentoring program. Um, I'm calling other leaders to come and I'm, I'm trying to support them to discover what, what God has put in them that needs to get out of them for our generation. Um, I'm, I start movements, um, that are calling people to their mountains of influence. Mm -hmm. So, um, those are the apostle should operate in all of them because the apostle is to, to train and equip and support all of them and brings them all together to create a healthy, church community yeah um that is well balanced okay so uh, i want to jump back into the um the word about the giant ap apostle robot okay because yeah because it's number one people need to know something about me i love mech suits in different like nerd stuff so like giant robot suits that you pilot you get in and you pilot them i have just a huge just a thing for them i think they're so cool ever since i was a little kid i've always thought they were so cool so um, i have one on my desk right now as a matter of fact um but um so the, it says the new apostolic war machine and so you got as far as saying there were the different limbs and at the head was the helmet roman style helmet and that was jesus 
and that the apostle piloted that in the chest, right? Uh, which is Power Rangers-esque. You know, you got the different components that come together to form the Megazord. You know, it's pretty sweet. Um, so I, I, I wanted to have you finish what that, what the, per, what the purpose was of this was when you were having this vision. Yeah. So it was, I was, the Lord said, um, when I saw these things, cause I'm like, what is this? this is so crazy. Um, he said, this is the year you will see a spiritual clash of Titans he said, for as hell has released its fury upon my beloved creation, so I am releasing my vengeance against my enemies. He said, these titans will invade regions and take back kingdom control of cultural gates of influence, and hell shall not prevail against my governmental forces. I have been working to prepare my army, and now my company of apostolic war machines are ready for deployment. And um, so... With that, um, you know, I saw these war machines and I'm like, it looks like something out of the movies. It's like Transformers. And mm -hmm. he said, so the, the purpose of these, these war machines is just that it's to, um, take back these areas of cultural influence that the enemy and demonic, um, ideologies have occupied it's really interesting when yeah. you read scripture about when the israelites entered the promised land yeah. um all of them the giants occupied mountains and it's also really interesting that the israelites didn't even face their first giant until david came on the scene which was like generations later um because there was this training um, in that wilderness season is what I what I call it. So I believe like the wilderness where they were out wandering around the mountain, mm -hmm. that was getting the slave mentality out of the Israelites. They had to come into an understanding that they could trust God to be right. able to move into their promised land. Once they in entered the promised land, the Lord led them on a series of battles um, to, I believe, to prove to them their total dependency on God, on Yahweh. But in his mercy, because that generation was just learning how to be its own nation, right? Um he didn't allow them to face the giants that they were terrified of until generations and generations later, um, they were ready. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. so that they weren't, um, discouraged <laughs> and want to run away. Um, but I kind of feel like that's where we're at in the body of Christ right now that, there are demonic giants, um, ideologies that are on these different oh, yeah. mountains of influence. Oh, yes. And it is, we've been the body of Christ over the past several years. Um, some of us, uh, you know, the past decade, really, I feel like for myself personally, it's, it's been like the last 10 years. God has been training us in the wilderness um, to 
and encouraging us and allowing us to overcome our own, our own giants, our own issues, um, and, and see how, when we depend on him, he fights our battles for us. Yeah. It's like you're realizing what you're capable of. I mean, it's not you obviously, but right, it's, it's him. surrendering to his ability to operate in and through you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and so it's like, it's the, the, I feel like there, there are fivefold companies that are going to emerge or are emerging. Um, maybe we, we haven't seen them. We're going to see them. I know that my company is definitely this, and I I've seen a, a, massive shift in the maturity of spiritual maturity of the people that are in our company. Um, and I know a lot of times, like when you're prophetic, like you're kind of forerunning something that is about to come up, you know, behind you. Yeah. Um, and I feel that way a lot about our ministry group, um, that we sort of forerun we're pioneers and then we'll see that other movements are doing it afterwards. Um, but we've, we've been trained in the wilderness, man, like David, you know, when he went to go face Goliath, he said the same God that delivered me from the the hands of the lion and of the bear is the same God that's going to deliver me, you know, deliver me from you, you know, and to Goliath. And that's, that's the tenacity that's going to come out of that. We're going to see through these people, these fivefold ministers and leaders that are going to come forth, but it's not going to be, um, (laughs) I heard a guy say earlier today on a, on a thing I was listening to that, um, he said, a lot of these people think they're many stars, (laughs) you know, and they're not ministers, (laughs) if that makes sense. Uh. And I'm like, for me, when that, you know, we've been hearing so many people, oh, this is the nameless, faceless generation that's going to come and lead this next revival. Well, they're not really nameless and faceless. It's that they're going to choose to be recognized by Jesus, right? Mm. Like, and they're going to be known for being like him. And they're not just going to come on their own, they're going to come with a posse. (laughs) Like they're going to, they're going to come in power with a community of people that operate in power and it's going to restore balance. And it's also going to really crucify that superstar Christian leader, Amen. you know, mentality. Yeah. And so like, and that's, and anybody who comes to any of my events moving forward, I want you to know the Lord has talked to me very firmly about this. Um, I will only be praying for people one-on-one as God releases grace to me. He told me, um, he told me straight up after the last summit that we had, I had, it takes so much out of you to move in that level of anointing. Yeah, I bet. Um, that you, it literally took me a week to recuperate Hmm. and, um, God began to talk to me about boundaries. And he said, um, if you do not want the people to idolize you, you have to release the spirit that I've put on you onto the people around you so that you can minister like 
you know, so that I can minister to the multitude. You know, it's interesting you say that because I was, I can't, it may have been on an episode of Elijah Fire, but somebody was talking about Catherine Kuhlman. I think it might've been Cindy McGill, um, but whatever, doesn't matter. Um, and she was talking about how Catherine Kuhlman operated in a certain level, but all of her team members, I think her sister was on her team and someone else, I don't quote me on that, but there were other people on her team that operated on the same level as her because she allowed that God to use them that way, rather than her pushing herself into the front. Obviously, you know, like it was the name of her ministry. I think it was Kathy Kuhlman Ministries or something like that. But um, it's sort of that same thing. Kind of what you're saying is like allowing yourself to step back. Are you saying so that other people on your team will be able to operate on that same level? It's not just you. It's, it's, right. it's not just you. It's not about you. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if there's some people who lack maturity might come in and they might, you know, yeah, Elijah, and, you know, and some people do and they, you know, and I, man, before I was, before I matured, I was like that too. You know, like I had my crazy encounter with being baptized in the Holy spirit because mm-hmm. I thought that if I went to a uh, Jesus image conference and Todd white laid hand, hands on me that I would get what Todd white had. And God intentionally touched me through a little youth pastor, you know, a little lady. I can't even remember her name, but she touched me and the power of God was on her. And I had an encounter with God that, that literally commissioned me. I don't, I don't even know, like if she's ever out there and she ever watches this, like, if you remember me, I'm the girl that you, you saw bat wings turning into angel wings, um, at a Jesus image conference in 2016, I think it was, that was when I was baptized and commissioned and it totally changed my life. And, and I never knew that girl, you know, like Todd White and he prayed for us later, but it wasn't Todd White who brought that encounter. And um, it was another soldier in the Lord's army who was a nameless, faceless. Right. One. I was going to say a nameless, faceless one. Yeah, right. absolutely. You know, and yeah. so there, guys, there could, you guys are all of you on here just because the the world doesn't know you doesn't mean that you're not known by God. Um you can go about destroying the works of hell, baptizing people, commissioning people. You know what I mean? Like you have permission by the Holy spirit to do that as he leads you to do that. All believers should be walking in power and we should, we should understand that we have a, um, a mandate to be a walking God encounter, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And something that I really want to point out is, is it wrong to have a, great respect for another person within the body of christ no it's not wrong i have i would say like everybody i have on my show i really admire like uh there's something to learn from everyone and i'm just like man like i want god i want to know you like krista knows you i want to operate in this like so and so operates you know like it's not but it's not a i know that whatever god is doing through you whatever he's doing with through anybody else i have access to that same god i have access to that same holy spirit and that should be an encouragement to all of us rather than a oh i'll never get there i'm like well not with that attitude first of all but um 
And it's not wrong to have, you know, be like, Hey man, can you pray for me? And like, you obviously God has done something in you and you carry an authority, but there also is an umbrella over like your ministry that you operate in where it's like, there's other people in there. And I know them personally, you know, that, that operate on a very, like the same level. It's like under that same umbrella of whatever you're, you know, so. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm actually releasing that onto my mentoring community now. Um, God has been highlighting leaders in that. And so, um, releasing that spirit on them and seeing them like it was so funny we were uh, some of them were up here and we were praying before a service and uh it's like this whole group of people you know that we've been pouring into and they're all blasted and they're all like we we feel the presence of god like really strong and so like we have a lot of outward manifestations mine a lot of times is like bliss i get like hit with waves of pleasure and joy Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like waves of love and um so i'm sitting around looking at all these girls who like i know for a fact before they started like running with me they didn't encounter god like that and they're all getting blasted. Like they're all feeling waves of bliss. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. You know, that I'm getting to share, um, like that God has multiplied his expression through me into the lives of others, you Mm -hmm. know? And now I know that they're going to train and they're going to equip and they're going to disciple too. You know what I mean? It's just such an amazing feeling. Um, And so I think that, you know, with these fivefold companies coming forward, like a major expression is going to be equipping the saints. And as they equip the saints for war, the saints are going to begin to occupy those mountains of influence. And it's, it's going to be, um, earmarked with this sense of radical unity. Um, I had a, a conversation with Philip the other day okay. and um, he was sharing an interpretation of scripture that he had and that actually God's been talking to all of us about and um, privately, which is interesting, but he was sharing his, his thoughts and his interpretation and, and mine was not quite there where his was is a little bit different. Um, but I'm still praying and processing things. And I just had a moment and I had to like turn around to him and like grab him on his shoulders and look at him, look him in the eyes and be like, man, I need you to know that I love you. And that even if we never agree on this scripture, like if we never agree on this, I'm still going to run with you. I'm still going to believe in you. I'm still going to support you. I'll still have your back. I'm still going to let you preach. Like, I don't like, we don't have to agree on everything um, for us to run together, man. Like we yeah. have, to, we agree on Jesus. That's, uh, enough that's for me. so good. I mean, especially when it's a non-salvation issue, you know what I mean? Like, right. I think that that's a very profound testimony of man, like to not respond in the way that you responded, you know, has caused many a church split and started many a new denomination. Exactly. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and yes. so I think that recognition of like, I was talking to a buddy of mine about something that was not, it was about what God is doing versus what he's not doing. And we had a disagreement, but I'm like, again, we're committed to each other and, and being in unity, not like, so it wasn't, again, it wasn't a salvation issue. 
it was a non-salvation issue. And so I ran into a similar situation actually today. Um, and we're good. Like my buddy and I are good. I'm like, we disagree and that's okay. You know? So I think it's a really important, powerful illustration, Krista. Yeah. And you know, and it was, it felt so good to have him turn around and look at me and say, yeah, I, the same, like, you mm -hmm. know, and we're all just laughing and like eating Bob Evans together. And so that eating Bob Evans together, what are you talking yeah. about? What Bob Evans, the restaurant, you know, breakfast, like we were eating breakfast and no we were like, Bob Evans is you've never <laughs> I'm heard from, Bob I'm Evans? from the West coast. They don't have it over here. Oh, what the heck? It's yeah. a, that's crazy. It a Midwest thing. And it, I guess so. Yeah. It's yeah. a breakfast. You, you don't even have Bob Evans sausage. Like that's what they're famous for. I don't know. Anybody else who's like over in Oregon, do we have Bob Evans sausage? I have no idea. You know what? I don't think there is a Bob Evans. I've never seen a Bob Evans over there. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. Yeah. Oh, it's like the Twilight Zone. Yeah, Michael and Illumination both have said that they've never heard of it. Oh, it's like Denny's. Thanks, Meredith. Okay. I mean, we've got Denny's and we've got a Sherry's. But it's I usually like go that. to like not I like non-chain restaurant places. I go to like local joints that are like have bomb waffles because i they're gonna have waffles in heaven i just know it <laughs> i love waffles yeah. i know you're a foodie see i'm not so much of a foodie because i'm always more of like we just need to be quick and convenient i got things happening so but my daughter and my soon-to-be son-in-law are foodies so when you get out here i'm gonna have them take you somewhere all right cool but i'm down with that okay so i see this other point here it says the year of epic epic <laughs> Let's start epic. this over. The weird, the year, ooh, the year of epic proportions, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to read this part that the Lord said. This is, I'm bringing together this new breed of giants of faith as a special elite force to combat and overthrow demonic powers. They are highly skilled in their own areas of ministry and are focused on completing their mission. They know and are satisfied with their own role in the body. They have rejected the sin of competition and comparison and have conquered their own souls with excellence. Their greatest weapon of mass destruction is their love and their understanding of communion and union with me and each other. Um, it says that they're going to arise on the mountains arm armored in superhuman power by the Holy Spirit to bind the powers of hell and loose kingdom strategy, revelation, angelic assistance, and governmental authority to transform and reform systems, governments, and culture. They will function in submission to the mind of Christ in such unified harmony that it will astound the nations as they clash with societal titans and wrestle wow. into submission regional principalities. Dude. And he said, whoo, I feel the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Um, he said, 2023 shall be a year of epic proportions. You will journey through Psalm 23 leading into 2024, which is the Psalm 24 door where my people shall occupy and open up the ancient gates to experience me as the king of glory. So Psalm 20, uh, 24 says, 
the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It talks about him being a mighty man of war. And then it says, open up you gates, swing wide you ancient doors of destiny for the king of glory is about to come through you. And I believe that that is going to happen because where there is unity, God commands the blessing, hmm. right? So there is going to be a commanded blessing on us as we partner in unity moving forward within our own local bodies and congregations. Oh, the Holy Spirit just alerted me. And I feel like I have to issue a warning, okay. um, which I've never done this before, but it literally like just dropped in my spirit. Um, I, I feel like the Lord says that some of you are listening and you've actually been trapped in a toxic um, church, a dead church a church that is an Ichabod church, meaning like the glory has vacated the building and the leadership there has been, instead of submitting to the flow of the spirit, um, has been trying to continue functioning as a corporation or as a business, um, or, or as a one man show with a toxic type a personality, the Lord says, I have told you to leave, but because of your mercy and your compassion for the church, the congregation, you have thought that it was virtuous for you to stay. And the Lord says, I'm telling you now, stop delaying your destiny and allowing that ministry to be an idol to you. I, I am bringing, I'm bringing my justice and my judgment to those systems and I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. So if you have been feeling from the Lord that you needed to leave your church because of toxic leadership, because of um, because the Holy Spirit is grieved, because there is a spirit of error that is being taught there, because there is gross compromise to sin in the leadership, um, and you have said, well, I'm, I'm called to be here. Maybe my fire will light them on fire. The season of their repentance has passed. That window has closed and it's time for you to move on. You need to dust, shake the dust off your boots and get walk into the next town. Um, I don't know, like I just felt this super heavy in me. It just dropped like lightning bolt. So this is a warning. And, and I feel to say too, you know, Jezebel, her husband Ahab, the name Ahab means mercy, merciful and compassionate one. And, and see, it's when we allow our mercy and our compassion to compromise with sin and defilement that we become Ahab. We come into agreement with the spirit of Ahab. And that is, that is not in alignment with the spirit of God, you know, that the spirit of Elijah that preceded, you know, the coming of Jesus, Elijah, who called down fire on the prophets of Baal, his name means Yahweh is the Lord. He's the owner. He's the ruler. He gets the say. He's the final authority. Right. And so there is a time, a window of repentance. There is a window of time where we are to be merciful and compassionate. 
And but that window is to call people into repentance, not call people into complacency or compromise with sin. Okay. And if you're listening to this and maybe you are compromised, I believe in abundant, radical, extreme grace. I am that person. But that, but, but grace that does not lead to repentance, meaning you change your mind and you change the way that you're living and you stop sinning and causing harm to not only yourself, but to others and grieving the heart of the one who died for you. Like that is not grace. Okay. That is, that is error. That is erroneous. And so I'm just going to say this and I'm going to call you out. Um, like there is a time where we are babies and we're learning. And then there is a time when we let all of the, the old immature things behind and we walk into maturity and, and we are in that time guys. And I say this with all love and with all tenderhearted compassion, you're not going to survive the trials ahead. If you don't get this, like we have, we cannot, we cannot live as compromised Christians anymore. Um, I, I'm, I'm really just feeling just a call to that. And so if that's you, you know, wherever you're at, I just ask you right now, say, God, you know, forgive me. I recognize that I keep falling into the same sin over and over and over again. God, will you reveal your love for, to me? Will you, will you show me that your grace is actually, it's not just favor, but it's your supernatural enablement to help me live a life like Jesus lived his life, holy and righteous and pure. And specifically the issue with sexual sin, guys, in our nation specifically, God is going to deal with that big time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not playing games anymore. We've mm-hmm. had a long time to repent and, and he's, he's dropping the hammer now. And so if you don't want to, to deal with the consequences of sin, because that's the thing, God doesn't punish. It's not punishment. Jesus took our punishment. Okay. On the cross, he paid for it all, but there are real consequences to our sin. Mm-hmm. And, and that is going to be the thing that we're going to start seeing in this next season, moving forward, where Christians who are compromised, we're going to see the harvest of corruption that their sin has produced in secret, but it's going to be made public. Right. Right. So like wherever there is hidden compromise, wherever there's hidden sin, wherever you've been sowing to the flesh, right, for momentary pleasure, the justice of God is going to be that those things come out into the open so that, you know, and so it's my suggestion that if you've got stuff back here in the closet, you got skeletons in the closet, you better go with Jesus into your prayer closet and you better handle those skeletons before they come out and make an appearance at to everybody at the dinner party. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, so deal with it in private so that you're not so that your sin, your sin, you, your stuff doesn't expose you publicly. Um. Wow. All right. So Lord, yeah, yeah, there's that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much. Yeah, come on. So, um, wow. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And he's going to get, he'll give you the power to get out of it. If you just ask, that's all you have to do. You just ask. We don't get anything out of our own works, our own, you know, what do you call it? Willpower. It's not our willpower. It's his will 
being done in our lives by his power. Amen. Mm. And so, yeah, so mm. this year epic, you know, like, and that's the thing every, there's no great movie, right. Um, without some, some big things happening, big exposures, big battles. Right. Um, but the Lord said, so he gave these four things. He said, it'll be a season where we'll witness long awaited prophetic promises come to pass swift, swiftly. And so I just feel from the Lord, like if you have a prophetic promise that you have been standing on for a long time, it's time for you to take that off a shelf, dust it off and ask the Lord, what is the next step that I can take to partner with that prophetic promise? What is a step I can take? Don't listen to fear. Ask the Lord, what's the next thing that you can do? And he's going to meet you there. And then when he meets you there, he's going to show you the next step. Mm. It's not always the dive off the edge of the cliff, right? It's sometimes his baby steps. Um, he said, you will witness the knowledge of my glory cover the earth as the water covers the sea. And it will bring in global, global harvest in the midst of global shakings. I don't think I have to talk too much more about the shakings. We all yeah. know those are happening. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a season of rapid kingdom advancement, regional occupation, spiritual maturity, destiny deployments, mega moves, and throne room worship. Um, whoo, I really feel that that is regional occupation. I believe that God is calling people to their hearts to um, burn for reformation in their region. And I also feel that the Lord is establishing um, houses of prayer all over um, and, and harp and bowl worship all over. It was a model that God gave me for our women's movement. Um, one of the, the mobilization pieces was harp and bowl worship to be established in regions. There is a mega grace on establishing 24 seven houses of prayer and worship right now. And not just in Kansas city guys all over our nation. And, um, right now I'm seeing in the spirit specifically, um, I'm seeing specifically fire down both coastlines and I am seeing fire um, over the border between Texas and Mexico. And I'm, I feel the Lord saying that these, um, and also there's a place up in Canada. Where is that? By Michigan. It's Michigan and, Min and Minnesota. Is that it? Um, I'm seeing fire there. The Lord's saying that these places are places where I'm releasing mega grace to kindle altar fires for harp and bowl intercession over your region and over the nations. So if you're listening and you're in one of those places um, and you're feeling your heart on fire, like your chest is burning, it's because the Lord is inviting you into that. And it doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to have a venue. Okay. You don't have to have a church. You can do it over zoom. You can do it in your living room. You just dedicate one day of the week or the month or whatever to prayer and intercession with music. That's all it is to host the presence of God, his throne, him, be, the king of glory being enthroned over your region. Um, that's one thing that we're doing in Elisha's mantle mentoring right now is that 
we're ha- we are working towards having 24-7 prayer coverage um, online um, to cover the nation, which Meredith is a leader in that. She's in the comments there. So woohoo. Um, then the Lord said that this was going to be a year of sovereign moves that would be so noteworthy that movies and documentaries would be made about them. And it was interesting because Jeff, I specifically thought about you Mm -hmm. um, when God gave me this word and I actually received this word um, and before and released it on my own platforms before um, the come out in Jesus name was released before, oh, yeah. before this Jenny last, Weaver's yeah, week. before Jenny Weaver's documentary was released and before the Jesus revolution was released. Um, so, uh, I believe that that's, it's, God's going to do it again. Mega moves are going to happen. We're going to see more Christian entertainment and documentaries come out of things that God does this year. Mm, come on. Um, Oh, and he said, just as the transforming reformers, these war machines are powered by Christ as the head over them, be aware that the battle for many in this season will be against the mind. It is imperative that my people take captive every high and lofty thought that rises itself against the knowledge of Christ and force it into submission to me. Um, and he said, decree that you have my mind, my heart, my imaginations. Declare that you think God thoughts and have God ideas. Be intentional to not lean on your own understanding nor trust in the reports of man, but trust in me. For this is a season of great change and great hope. This is a generation that was created for conflict and born for battle. And I have called and equipped you to arise and occupy. Boom. Boom. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be an epic year, but I mean, it already has been. It already has been. Uh, a lot of work, though, in the, it's interesting that you get that prophetic word about dealing with sin and things. I mean, even just wrong th- thoughts. Like, God's, I'm just full transparency. God's working through some stuff with me right now that I was like, whoa, didn't know that was there. But it, it's a process too. I've talked about this a lot on the show of like the layers of like yielding to the to the Lord and the exposure He brings as we're being sanctified. We're in that process of sanctification. Um, that it's easy to like fall into the trap uh, if we're not careful of like, oh, you, you condemn yourself. But sometimes you God deals with one thing so that you can see the other thing that's behind it. You know. Yes, and dude. I think it's really important to have grace, grace on yourself. If you ha- do have that forward momentum to not be like, you know, like it shouldn't be something that, I mean, obviously a healthy fear of the Lord. Yes. But, um, so, yeah. so what I have noticed, Jeff, is that there are, there are some sin, some sins that, you know, all sin vertically in God's eyes, it looks the same. Mm-hmm. But horizontally, there are certain sins have different consequences. And let's let's talk about Lonnie Frisbee, for example. You know, the guy that that God used to start 
the Jesus people movement. You can't get away from that. He not only did he initiate the Holy Spirit work through him to initiate the Jesus people movement that, you know, oh my gosh, like our generation is totally impacted by that. Right. Like we wouldn't be where we are today without that happening. Um, A lot of those people are our parents, you know, people that were in that. Yeah. And, um, and the, uh, the vineyard movement. I am a direct result of the gen of the vineyard movement. You know, the whole reason that the vineyard we're trainers and equippers and, you know, work flow with the ministry of the Holy spirit is because of Lonnie Frisbee and him bringing an encounter to John Wimber, like, and you can't get around this, but Lonnie had brokenness in his past mm. He was sexually abused by a male babysitter when he was eight years old, just two weeks after he gave his life to Jesus. This is really, it's really similar to my story. I was, you know, I mean, I think when I was really little, I don't know, Jesus was just my best friend. I don't, I remember saying the sinner's prayer all the time because I just wanted Jesus to be my best friend, but he, I talked to him all the time. And the first time I prophesied over myself Um, I, I said that I was marked by God. I told my mother this, I said, I I have a birthmark on my shoulder. That was God's fingerprint. And I was marked by God because I was going to tell all the people to follow me to Jesus. And right after that, I started being sexually abused and Lonnie referred to that man as a dark evangelist that the enemy placed in his life to, destroy the calling of God that had been spoke over him at his conversion. And we see Lonnie grew up, he struggled with drug addiction. He got involved in, you know, the, the hippie movement and with the sex, the sixties sexual love revolution, where it was, you know, uh, all sorts of, you know, fornication and just, just lewd sexual perversion that was happening then. Um, because really, honestly, a spirit of religion had made them believe that their sexuality was, was, was shameful. And that's another story for all another day. Mm-hmm. But, um, and because there was gross sexual sin in the Catholic church, I'm just going to throw that out there too. So, and, and that's the thing sin has consequences. So he was in that. Then he experimented in, in same sex relationships. And it was a sin that after his conversion, because there was this undercurrent of rejection by male leadership, male authority figures that he was searching for a father in that he found himself back in that sin. And then ultimately he ended up later in his life after he had been burnt and used by all these different spiritual leaders in his life, he tested positive for HIV and that's what ultimately took his life. And, and because of that sexual immorality, he sinned against his own body, which that is in scripture. And he, sinned against God, obvious, because, and he sinned against the people, the church that he was actually called to minister to. I don't believe that Lonnie Frisbee's full destiny was unveiled on earth 
I believe that much of it he missed out on because he didn't deal with the wounds that he carried. He didn't deal with the bitterness and the unforgiveness that he had in his heart for certain people that had impacted him over the years. And many of them were spiritual leaders, right? And as such, his life ended short and his ministry ended stunted. And so that sin reproduced a corporate harvest of corruption that ended up tainting his legacy, you know? And not only that, but it wasn't just Lonnie Frisbee's sin. There's like the the guy that, you know, was the pastor of Calvary Chapel. Chuck Smith. Chuck Smith. It was his sin too, because he rejected Lonnie and he rejected the Holy Spirit because he wanted to have control. And you can research all of this. And now I'm not saying I'm not releasing dishonor on these men at all. I greatly honor and esteem them as, as kingdom men who, who advance the cause of Jesus Christ in their generation. But what I'm saying is the sin of Chuck Smith or whatever his name was to Lonnie Frisbee affected Lonnie Frisbee and stunted Lonnie Frisbee's destiny too. Right. And so you see these movements that came through this and then you you can't help but also pay attention. And, and this is the call of our generation is that if we are going to be effective moving forward for the next generation, if we are going to be legacy minded, a, a legacy minded generation, millennials, then what we're going to need to do today is deal with the issues of our own past. We need to stop living as victims. We need to get the issues of our heart worked out. We need to get totally set free from the sin that so, so easily ensnares us. And we need to walk into the freedom that Jesus bought for us so that our, our lives rightly represent the kingdom and don't misrepresent Jesus to another generation. Yeah. Okay. And so I don't believe and no, and I wouldn't call Lonnie Frisbee gay because he never lived a gay lifestyle. I would say that Lonnie Frisbee dealt with deep wounds and confusion because nobody in the church in that day was equipped to, to walk him through those wounds. But church, I believe today we have got more resources. (laughs) There is more availability. There is more knowledge. There is more communication um, than there has ever been in past generations. And there is no reason why any believer, especially a spirit filled believer that has that that has knowledge of the Holy Spirit and the resources available to them today would stay stuck in sin that is going to compromise their destiny. And, and I'll tell you, I mean, and it's all of them that one of the things that God had me do when I study revivalists, I study people that started moves of God or did exploits for the Lord is I study their failures because if I, if we will learn from history then we won't repeat those same mistakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think it's just time to, man, just rip the bandaid off. Like, (laughs) 
that's really, I mean, like that's, that's, that's been my attitude and Lauren's attitude with stuff. I'm like, no, like, let's just get this, whatever it is, whatever's in your life, just deal with it, deal with it now. Because like, like Chris was saying, better to deal with it now when God is, is allowing it to be dealt with in secret than in public. Like, like (laughs) no one wants that. Come on. You know? So. Well, you know, and I mean, it's, it all goes back to that sowing and reaping mentality, Jeff, Mm -hmm. because when you plant a seed, it will only stay underground for so long with you watering it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, that, that those little sins, those little compromises, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they look like they're harmless and like they won't do much. And we don't realize that every time we go back to those things, every time we feed those things, every time we water those things, that eventually those little things that we thought were going to stay underneath the surface, the surface out of, you know, eyesight, eventually it's going to come forward and, and the world is going to be able to see it. And hopefully by that time, it hasn't turned into an invasive species that um, has a rampant root system underground that needs to be dealt with, Mm. you know? Um, And, and that's just, that's just the reality of, of creation. God, Yahweh, the Lord, he, he created the, the, the universal law of sowing and reaping to continue cycles of life on earth and you know sin and death was never meant to be a part of our system right we were always meant to flourish and bloom and be eternal and when sin entered those cycles of life and death perpetuated and so it's the same with whatever you put out whatever you feed it, it, whatever you focus on is going to, is going to bear fruit eventually over time. And that's why we need to feed on Jesus. Yeah. We need to feed on his word. We need to know the truth. We need mm-hmm. to ask him. And, and Jeff, I've been in a season, I mean, just the past two weeks where God has been rebuking my socks off. I felt spanked, you know, <laughs> and I am like the ultimate daddy's girl. Everybody knows that like daddy God, I am like, I am daddy God's girl. And I have felt all like for the last two weeks, this not severe, but this really invasive correction in my personal life and my thought life. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And I am so thankful because I know that his correction is his protection, you know, not just for me and for our relationship, but for, um, for those that I'm called to minister to, and I'm called to lead and I'm called to love starting with my own family and then, you know, others. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. You know, it's uncomfortable. It absolutely is uncomfortable, but. Uh, it's unto something, right? It's not like you're just like, like God is revealing those things to show it, it just for the sake of showing it to you. 
and then nothing's going to happen. It's like, I just wanted to let you know that I saw it. You know, it, it's unto something. We have the promise of being restored. We have the promise of being made new, right? So, um, Krista, would you mind? I, I, I would just love for you to pray for people, especially on this subject. I think this is like, yeah, before we can get to the apostolic war machine, <laughs> awesome, epic, yeah. next dude, stomping, punching giant monsters and, and stuff yeah. that this needs to take place. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody put in the comments, you're from Psalm 23, your rod and your staff, they come, they comfort me. Yeah. And um, so father, we just thank you for your rod, your, and your staff. We thank you for your authority, the authority that you, that you carry over all of creation and your staff that, pokes us and gets us back on track that leads us into your paths of righteousness for your namesake and it's for your namesake because we have we are in the name we have received the name of Jesus and been brought to you as your children and so father we thank you so much for correction that leads us out of unrighteousness, that leads us away from the, the path of destruction and leads us into eternal life, God. And Father, for anyone under the sound of my voice that has been dealing with sin that is connected maybe to even sexual abuse from where they went through things in, in their childhood that they should have never went through or even in their adult life. And it caused confusion. God, I break that spirit of confusion right now in Jesus name. Father, um, oh my gosh, this might sound very uncomfortable, but I feel to release this. Um, I, I feel that there is going to be, um, some men listening that you have had secret struggles with attraction, same sex attraction, because when you were young, you were abused by a man mm -hmm. and you became aroused. And the Lord wants you to know that that is not who you are, that that was the enemy trying to twist your identity. Oh man. Whew. And the Lord is breaking that shame off of you right now. He, and, and there's even, I feel like there are some women that every time you, um, you try to be with your husband, you're triggered and from being abused and the Lord is severing that neuro pathway that tries to lead you back into shame. Um, and, and he is releasing his fire right now on your appetites. I, I sever right now the spirit of, of perversion and any hook or snare that it has had on your soul from past sexual abuse and wounding. Um, the Lord even says that there is somebody watching that pornography, um, like image, you've been saved for a long child or for a long time, but that images of pornography have twisted your idea of what lovemaking is with a spouse. And um, that you, for even though you're saved, it's like, unless 
things look a certain way, it's not satisfying to you. And Mm -hmm. the Lord is breaking that. That was abuse. Mm -hmm. Also, he's severing that. He's purifying your mind and your memory um, so that you won't see those images anymore. And he says, I am restoring in you a holy, a holy and a pure and a righteous sexuality and sexual attraction and sexual appetite, says the Lord. Wow. Whoo. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. And he's washing. He's washing the years of shame. He's washing humiliation off of you. He's washing embarrassment off of you. Um, I even see he's washing, um, he's washing hurt and pain off of you. Wow. Just the pain of that. And I, I see that the Lord says for some of you right now in this moment, there's a grace for you to forgive your abuser. Oh man, there's a grace for you just to release them, not because they deserve it and not because it's excusing what they did. Cause, cause there is no excuse, honey, there's no excuse for what happened to you. Okay. But there is a grace to release them. And as you release them, every demonic assignment, every demonic agenda that was assigned to destroy your life and to, and to, stunt your ability to walk in the fullness that God has planned for you is going to be completely severed from your life. So father, we release that right now in Jesus name. Thank you, God. If that's you, you don't have to, you don't even have to put it in the comments. You just say it. I forgive them. I release them right now in Jesus name. Yeah. Thank you, God. And we break those demonic assignments, those spirits, every hindering thing, every hindering mindset off of their lives right now in Jesus name. Thank you, Father. God, and I just, you know what? I just pray to release that. I I had somebody come to me and lay hands on me who had been, who had received the mantle of Lonnie Frisbee. Woo. Um, and I just, I feel the Lord saying, uh, to release the mantle of Lonnie Frisbee, to release parts of his mantle over those listening right now. And so Lord, I loose the mantle of Lonnie Frisbee that I was entrusted with that portion I was entrusted with. And by your spirit, I say, God, multiply and distribute as you will to those under the sound of my voice. Whoo. Thank you, father. Whoa. Thank you, Father. And God, I pray, um, yeah, that you're you're just cleansing minds. You're removing memories, uh, bad memories, and you're restoring mm. right memories. Wow. I break off false identities in mm. Jesus' name. I release the Father's love over you. Whoa. And God, I thank you. I, I see him putting new garments on you. And I see him uh, introducing you to new family. I see him introducing you to um, a company of believers that uh, are like-minded, that are going to love you and um, to walk out your salvation and your renewal process with you. Thank you, Father. Um, God, I call out the spiritual mothers and fathers right now that are going to literally love people. It doesn't have to be a certain apostolic leader. It could be the the gentleman that sits across the aisle from you in the church could be your spiritual father. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Wow. And Lord, I just pray right now 
for anybody that is listening that may be doubting this, God, that you would begin to touch them in their physical bodies. I curse cellular trauma, cellular trauma, even where, you know, certain things might cause them to feel a certain way sexually, God, because of past abuse. Um, I know for me, I used to literally like I used to feel something in my in my the parts of my body when I would remember being sexually abused. God is like he's breaking that he's healing that he's removing trauma on a cellular level, even on the places of your body that were uh, were touched inappropriately. He's removing that. Wow. Thank you, Father. Ooh. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Wow. Thank you, God. And he's healing physical issues. I, I He's healing heart issues and um, spine issues. Even shoulders. I feel like people are, their shoulders, your shoulders are being healed and your back, maybe where you were betrayed. Um, I feel the Lord, he's like fire on my back. He's healing your back and your shoulders um, and even organs. Like there's organs that he's healing. Somebody has been having issues in a left ankle. The Lord says that that started right after some trauma into your entered your life and you have been walking with a limp because of this this trauma and the lord says i'm healing your ankle um because no longer are you going to are you going to walk hindered um or walk with a limp because of this trauma from this day forward so lord we thank you right now for healing that left ankle in Jesus name, someone else, a right hip, God's healing a right hip. It's the same issue. Receive that in Jesus name. Whew, Jeff, do you got anything? Nope. Nope. Ooh. All right. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Amen. Man. That was really good. Um, all right, Krista, you got, you always got stuff going on. What's going on? How can people follow you? All that good stuff. Um, what's going on? I have several conferences coming up. I'm going to be speaking at the, um, vineyard, Northwest vineyard in Cincinnati at the friends of God conference. Um, that is on my website. I'm also going to be speaking at a youth conference um, at Robin Bullock's church. That's pretty exciting. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, all that's on my website, though. And you can just find that at KristaElisha.com. Along with, we've got some new podcasts that are we're getting ready to. Oh, snap. I know. And it's long overdue. I know it is long overdue. And it's not just me. It's going to be my husband and some of our, you know, staple ministry leaders, Dude. such as Vinny and Philip. So they've got, they're going to have some fun content too, that people can check out. So be watching for that as well. Um, and then, you know, there's my mentoring program. If you're looking for a safe community where you can, um, you know, have a Facebook group and you can ask for prayer and you can have people love on you and you can engage and have a safe place to practice flowing in the gifts. Elisha's Mantle Mentoring, again, all on my website. So Boom. Boom. Thank Krista, you. you're the best. Thank you so much. I think so, you're great. I'm so happy you're in my life. 
Oh, I feel the same way. I know. I just, Lord, I just pray right now for my friend Jeff and for Lauren. Mm -hmm. God, I just thank you, God, for everything that Jeff has gone through to be the mighty man that he is. And um, wow, just like look at everything that he's done with Elijah fire. Golly, this is so amazing. He's so gifted and he's so talented and you love him so much. And father, I just pray that when he feels misunderstood by the world, that he knows and is so intimately aware of the fact that he has a father God that Mm -hmm. understands him and that um, is constantly working the best out for him. And father, I pray that this year, that even as he, I feel really strongly, Jeff, that this, this season we're walking through that leading in ruts of righteousness and his rod and his staff. And I just, I feel like God has been me too. But for, for you, I feel like we've been in that poking and the prodding so that he's getting us on the right path and he's given us vision for the future. Um, and he's going to lead us in to that place of sitting with him at the table and he's going to anoint our head in the presence of our enemies. Mm. And, um, that we're, you're walking, you're on that process right now. And, um, I see that by the end of the year, your cup is going to overflow. And I see this flow of like wine, but it's you, you're the cup overflowing. And that flow is going out into this wide open place. Like I, so I just prophesy that over you and over Lauren and Elijah fire, whatever that looks like, God, that, that you would, that your love breaks open the way for them. You're going to bring them into a wide open place for them to run with you, God, because you delight in them. And so God, that I decree that as the word over them in this season. And, um, father, that I just feel that it's going to be a suddenly, it's just going to be a suddenly. And I thank you, Lord, um, for the journey as we get there Yeah. in Jesus name. Amen. I received that. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes. All right, Krista. Well, thank you so much. This was great. So long overdue. I was just like, yeah, always feels great. Great to have you on the show. It's just like peanut butter and jelly. It's great. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think I do more lives with you than I do on my own page. Oh, really? Yeah. For a while legit. there, you were doing a lot. Yeah, I remember. I know. So. Well, and then, you know, we got the speak light. Yeah, no, I just. It's a whole big thing now. Yeah. It's a whole big thing. So yeah. So. Maybe I should go over there and do a live sometime. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed Monday. We're embarking on a new epic week. Um, tune in tomorrow. We've got Victoria Sosa, formerly Victoria Rich. She's on the show. That's going to be great. Um, that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. And then also ElijahFire.com slash donate is how you donate. That keeps all this free five days a week. A lot of moving parts behind the scenes. So we really appreciate those donations. So God bless you guys. And we will see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Victoria Sosa. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. 
Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.